Fort Worth West Side. If most studies are flawed, how do you know which ones to trust then? You know, that's a great question in terms of logic. My point is, caveat emptor, be careful just taking a study, looking at the title and thinking, well, that's truth because Wall Street Journal published it and they are good. Well, we all know they're not. You know, they have some good folks. New York Times has some good editors. And you say, well, wait a minute. I know that the science, the medical writers for New York Times are doctors. They are, and they're good ones, but that doesn't mean they're always the greatest epidemiologists. Caveat emptor, buyer beware. Look at the information, listen to other people as they talk about information and begin to parse it out. Speaking of that latter item, for example, I got a lot of my early concerns about about the vital study from listening to Peter Atia and some other folks. He was very good in that space. But as I mentioned before, Peter looks at some other stuff and doesn't have some enough criticism or skepticism like this stuff about ApoB. It wasn't that there was a study for him to react to and you know it was the he's had guests on that talk about it so bottom line is be careful and look at the logic listen to other intelligent people that do this very well that look at bias that look skeptically at research. Be skeptical. Of course, so many summaries of studies are written by ghostwriters, not the actual researchers. Summary statements are many are, are different info than the actual body of the report. So I think what you're talking about is what I was saying. You know, you go to the New York Times or these other lay press items. They may have been written by a physician who happens to be a journalist. Just being a physician doesn't make you a great epidemiologist. That's my reaction. I haven't taken a study. But I would say 99.9 9% of physicians are really bad epidemiologists. They don't know how to look at a study. They just quote them. Unfortunately, you know, things like Framingham, they think they know and they really don't. And so, you know, there was a boatload of confusion about, oh, so don't take aspirin anymore. We don't recommend it for primary prevention. Again, buyer beware, caveat emptor. Even the groups, the standards committees, like the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force was saying primary prevention. Primary prevention means you don't have the disease yet. What about people that have plaque? By definition, if you have plaque, you have cardiovascular disease. So I had and seen so many people with cardiovascular disease and plaque read those New York Times articles about the U.S. Preventive Services Task Forces and other groups saying, oh, you don't need to take aspirin anymore. And these people with plaque were stopping their baby aspirin. Just be careful. Find people that know what they're doing and listen to them. Fort Worth Westside, excellent question. I hope I dealt with it. I agree. I mean, these are very, very important issues. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.